Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. How dare I take that away from the people who <gasps> love me by not sharing with them Aww. because I don't want to burden them. That's not fair. I'm not allowing them to love me the way they want to love me. My name is never thought about savage that. Is that. How savage is that? That's so beautiful. It's Violet Benson, your favorite meme queen and the big sis you didn't ask for but need. Welcome to Almost Adulting. Almost Adulting. Are you ready? Hi, besties, and welcome to a brand new Almost Adulting, the largest self-love podcast and movement, your number one destination for personal growth and mental health. I'm your big sister and your host, Violetta. So today, my guest, I thought would be the perfect guest to kind of close the month of June, which was it's all about dating before we get into July, which will be a little more about mental health. So we'll talk about both today. My guest today is Adelaide Kane. She is an Australian Leo. <laughs> She's an actor. She's a smart, sassy, serious. She's known for her performance in film and television from Rain to Teen Wolf to Once Upon a Time to The Purge to Blood Punch. She recently joined Star Trek. She's currently playing an intern in Grey's Anatomy, and she just did a movie that's coming out called Outrage. Did I miss anything? No, no, you crushed it. Speaking of just life in general, I one of my questions was that many people struggle with finding balance in their life. So mm-hmm. with having everything that you do, how do you personally maintain a sense of balance between work, your personal life, then also self-care, you know, going to the doctor, all the things you need for your body? Do you kind of have any tips or strategies that you can share? My life in general is like very unstable, even when I'm working Because like those schedules, some weeks you could be in for like 70 hours and some weeks you could be in like for two days, two days, the 12 hours each and that's it. And then you've got the rest of the week free. So when we get our schedules, I try to like schedule everything. I mean, I have ADHD like you and I've, I've my like Google calendar is my best friend. Me too. And I have reminders set up like every year or every six months for my doctor's appointments. And those are non-negotiables. Those are things that have to be put in. They take priority over everything else. So like my annual checkup, when I have to go in to see my psychiatrist about my Ritalin. And you set aside for a hobby too, which I really like. I do. Mm-hmm. That's so important. Yeah. Like the, there are some hard and fast things that just, they take precedence over everything else, be it like social time, be it, you know, whatever that falls onto like non-negotiable self-care is taking care of like my physical body. Like therapy is one of those things. Non-negotiable self-care. I like that a lot. Non-negotiable self-care. And it's not self-care and like that bubble bath and doing a face mask and like, you know. Don't lock it down till you try it. Taking an edible and watching a movie. Like (laughs) yeah, yeah. that is a really lovely like way to indulge in self-care if that's that's your your vibe. But doctor's appointments, non-negotiable. Therapy, non-negotiable. Going to the dentist every six months for a teeth cleaning and an extra non-negotiable. Like your hobby, though, that is really cool. That you, she, you. I forget if it's once a week or once every two weeks, but or at least in the past, you used to do it where you set aside 
remember one time when we're trying to figure out when we can have dinner and you're like, wait, I can't do this day because that day is when I play this specific thing. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really cool that even that where you can just focus on your hobby and yourself. I really love that because I have so many hobbies and sometimes I completely forget to focus on them and yeah, it used that. to be like, I started that during the pandemic, like Sunday was like a a self-care day. And like, I could go and have breakfast with someone in the morning, maybe, or like have a phone call with like my family or whatever. But all of Sunday was like set aside to like play a new video game or like read a book. And then it was to, like, I was going to have a bath and like watch a movie, like buy candlelight and like slather myself in lotion and like roll into bed and read comic books. Like it was a whole day of just like taking care of my body and engaging with my body and being like, Hey, I'm really like grateful for you. Yeah. And to like do the things that I maybe don't do during the week. Mm-hmm. I don't get that time as much now but balance is really difficult. It's really difficult. And on any given day or any given week, like you get two out of three things in life in general, career, your friends, or your partner. And you get to pick two. That's so true. At sta- at certain stages in your life, you only get to pick two. So when I'm working a lot, I have to pick the second priority. If I have a partner, partner or friends, like in any given week, I got to pick a priority. And it's usually my partner. Which is great. And then I try to like fit in social time when I can. If I have a week where I'm not working as much, then yeah, I get to see my friends and that's amazing. That's a really big priority as well. But time fills up. So you kind of have to pay attention to, all right, if I've been all about my partner in my spare time for the last two weeks because I've been working a lot, I really need to set aside well, you're a so day good to at see my friends. Yeah, but I live on my calendar because if it's not in my calendar, it doesn't exist. Me too. It's not real and I forget and that's, that's been a problem in my friendships and in my family and in my relationships as well. I forget. And it's not because I don't care and it's not because I don't have a lot of love. My Like if it isn't written down and Me part too. of how my memory works, I have to see it written. Yeah. Like photos, pictures, hearing it. My brother, he's auditory. You tell him something, he'll never forget. I will. But he'll forget anything written down. You have to yeah. say it to him verbally. Otherwise, he doesn't remember. And I'm the opposite. I live on my calendar, too. And that's why I get annoyed with people who do any last minute things because yeah. my brain just can't process. It's so hard for me to even leave my house because I'm like, OK, do I need to grab this? What do I need to do? Exactly. And if I have a planner because my schedule, I'm like, OK, 8 p.m., dinner date. Mm-hmm. So uh, I need to start getting ready then at seven. Um, okay. So then by six, I need to finish my work. My okay, Alexa has like six reminders set up a day. She <laughs> reminded me like, Hey, you got to get moving 15 minutes before I had to be out of the door. Oh, because that's how long it takes for me to finish what I'm doing. And then remember, Oh gosh, that went off. Yeah. And I figured that out over time. But I think ultimately like the key to balance, I think is to not put a huge amount of pressure on yourself mm-hmm. to be perfectly balanced all the time. Cause that's impossible. Like just pay attention and if you've been, if there, if you haven't taken some time for yourself in like a couple of weeks because it's been work focused, your partner's had a lot going on or your friends have had a lot going on or you've been really social, try and balance that scale and be like, okay, well, I'm going to set aside, even if it's just like an hour. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I I mean, we've had even those. Even if it's 10 minutes on TikTok taking a shit with your air, like, <laughs> airbuds no, in. Like, we, we've had that conversation and I really like a while back when you said where I was a... Uh, upset that I was I had one day where I didn't put all my effort in to that day and you said well I'm g- I need to have those days where I slack off or whatever because then if I every can- day is a good day then no days are good days yeah like if you have a really excellent day beating yourself up that every day isn't then it wouldn't be a good day 
Most yeah. days should be average days where like you get a bunch of stuff done. You maybe don't get everything done. You like eat three vegetables instead of five or yeah. whatever. You have a piece of, like, you know, that's an average day. And in those average days, sometimes you have days where, you, where you're not productive. Yeah. And those are normal. They fall on the scale. No, I like that. You're right. Because we need to have those chill days in order to then feel proud. That's how we're able to the tell ceiling? Then. Where do you stop? Yeah. That's how we're able to tell, oh, today was like a really productive day. Amazing. Pat we, on the back. Exactly. What a great. Let's aim for another day like this next week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But okay. But one thing I liked you said about the two out of three, and you are so good at figuring out how to make time. And I feel we've been friends for a good amount of years at this point. And I genuinely think that you've been so good at, I mean, we both do our best to maintain the friendship. I would say it takes two people to maintain a relationship and you've been very good at maintaining the relationship with me as well. And do you kind of have any tips for people as we get older and some of our friendships fizzle out, how you're able to maintain your friendships? First of all, I think that as we get older and our lives get more and more busy, we don't have as much space for as many friendships as we used to have in our 20s. And I think that that's okay. And I think that something particularly women have a lot of difficulty with is at some point in your life, in your adulthood, there will be some people that like you're just, you don't vibe with anymore the same way that you used to. And that's okay. It's okay if some friendships that have been around for a long time aren't as strong or as serious as they used to be. It's also okay if some of those friendships just completely fall by the wayside. Right. Maybe that person isn't the kind of person that you would initiate a friendship with now. There's nothing wrong with that. And I feel like we get very, we're very hard on ourselves about friendships falling by the wayside. There's nothing wrong with that. I do think that for the friendships that you really value, that that are important, that are like your ride or die people, it does take a little bit more effort. Just like relationships, romantic relationships, when you've been in a relationship for a long time, maybe you have to schedule date nights. Maybe you have to schedule sex because you're like really busy. There's a way of making that like sexy and like, oh, you're anticipating and you're going to like shower and shave your legs and you're going to spray some perfume or like whatever. Yeah. It's not very fun or spontane- like spontaneous or sexy to like schedule in friend time. But I think it's important that we do that. I also think it's important that you acknowledge that friend time can't be in person all the time anymore Mm -hmm. as adults. Like I'm so busy every damn day. And I couldn't even tell you what I'm busy doing. Like I'm running around doing stuff all day today after this. And like, I could blink tonight and you could be like, what were you doing? I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so busy. I couldn't tell you what it is, but I I have stuff to do and I got to get it done. But I think, I think being comfortable with reaching out via text with calling your friends, right? calling them like when you're on a drive somewhere and just being like, what's going on? And reminding yourself, reminding yourself to call these people and check in with them. I'm so bad with that. I know I'm bad with it as well, but it's something I want to really work towards this year is not just waiting until I see my friends in person because I only really see my friends maybe once a month. Yeah. Like I see you once a month, maybe. Yeah. Like we're close though. I can see. But I don't text close. with you every single day. I wouldn't like or that. Or even every single week. Like I know not I know people you, that not do. You just with anyone. No, with anyone. Even my best, best, best friends. I don't text with them every single day. I text with my partner and like maybe my mom <laughs> every yeah. day. But like shit's busy. And I know people who text with their best friends every day. I can't. I can't do that. But I do want to be better about calling my friends. And I think because I'm so used to my friends being overseas or in different cities, or I'm in a different city, 
I feel more comfortable like jumping on the phone or FaceTiming when I'm out of town because it's the only way I can communicate. And then when I'm in town, I put a lot of pressure on myself to see these people in person, even though I don't really have time to see everybody in person every week. Like if I tried to see my like five closest people, like you and my five closest friends every single week. I couldn't. I don't have I mean, time. No, if you tried to, to see me every kill week, me. I would be like, what's going You'd on? What like, are you going through? What's happening? Girl. Are you good? <laughs> Literally, I'd be like, do you need to out. talk about it? <laughs> exactly. So that's something I really want to work on in the next but couple of years. But you did get better. People. I remember at one point. Not you brought we, it up with me because yeah. I wasn't initiating contact. You were reaching out to me all the time. Yeah, I, I completely forgot about that phase. But yeah, at mm-hmm. one point, I forget it was during the pandemic or what it was or what you were going through, which that's the crazy part. A lot of times, I was going we make it. everything about ourselves. So in that moment, why am I not good enough for this person That's or thoughts? Because I was going through whatever I'm going through. So now I'm mm-hmm. suddenly focusing on everyone else. Oh, am I unlovable? These people don't love me. Versus, and you externalize like, where yeah. is this feeling coming from? Versus what's Adelaide going through? And probably has nothing to do with me. If she's not really reaching out to me, maybe she's not hanging out with her other friends, you know? But we don't we're hanging out with no one during that period no, exactly. that was a rough time but once i said something you fix it and i believe that you're very good at- but i really appreciated it i really appreciated oh. you reaching out and being like hey this is bothering me it's hurting my feel like okay we do something about, like i really appreciated you being honest about your feelings and i was like oh because that's fixable mm-hmm. that's like a fixable thing and i'm a big like problem solver like if there's i'm i'm very much like all right let's try option a through z to fix this and then i will let something drop but i'm very but i think what was good too much sometimes no but i think what was good is that it's a whole thing of sometimes people don't know how we're feeling and now i'm learning that you need to tell people how you want to be loved and i really Mm -hmm. like that i told you how i need to be loved which is people forget that it's any relationship it's not only romantic ones where i felt that i want to spend time with you i need you to reach out but then i gave you then the opportunity because i told you how i want to be loved and then i left it up to you because i remember when i finally reached out and i said something i said I'm not going to reach out to you anymore because obviously you seem busy, mm-hmm. but I'm but I'm telling you how I feel. So if you want to continue this friendship and if you feel like you want to make this work, then you can reach out to me. Yeah, so, you set a boundary. Yeah. And it took me a week or two because I was like really yeah. busy doing stuff. And then I did. I was like, let's have dinner. And I reached out because that was in the back of my mind. You had set that boundary. It was important. I wanted to maintain our relationship. Yeah. And I was like, right, I'm going to deal with this. And then when I'm in a more stable place... And I messaged and you were open to meeting up for dinner and then we went from there. Exactly. And when I said that, it wasn't in a way that it was an ultimatum or in a way to make you feel bad. It was more in a way where it takes two people to make something work. Mm-hmm. And I told you now how I need to be loved. And I gave it. And now it was in your hands. I gave you a choice. You yeah, can choose whether you, it's important to you or not. And friendships. And like I had a girlfriend of mine a few years ago who was like, you need to reach out to me when you are having a hard time it hurts me when I hear that you've been having a hard time and you didn't and I hear after the fact she's like you're always there for me when I have a hard time but it makes me feel like I like you don't trust me to fill that role for you like you don't want to share with me and it makes me less comfortable sharing with you like I want to show up for you the way you show up for me when things are hard and I can't do that if you don't tell me when things are hard and that was like it was like a gut punch Like my heart broke. I was like, oh my God, because if my friends didn't share with me when they were having a hard time, I would be heartbroken. I would be heartbroken. And I was like, I can't believe I never, I never thought of that. That's a really sweet way to bring that up. Yeah. It was just like, it hurts me when you don't share when you're going through it because I want to show up for you. 
that's like, I love you and I want to be there for you when you're having a hard time. And I can't do that if you don't tell me when you're struggling. But you're also, that's... And it's so hard for me to share. I was going to say, the reason I think we've gone along really well in the past is because we struggled to share. And in the past, when you and I finally met up and we suddenly both shared hardships, I would even be surprised. I was like, I can't believe I just shared that. And I can't believe Adelaide just shared that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, we're both very much like, take care of our own stuff. And then like, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. We just handle it. Like, we're fine. Like, we both push through and just I know. But what your friend said, I think it's something many people especially like us need to hear mm-hmm. like the, i would start crying if someone said it to me i'd be like how did you know that's probably deep my inner child I wanted did. to hear i was like so i was like oh my god okay I like literally, it was like deeply meaningful to hear that to hear like i want you to it makes me feel loved and it makes me feel like i can love you better Aww. in sharing like like for some like for me even being able to take care of someone I love when they're going through it is a way that I express love. And how dare I take that? How dare I take that away from the people who (sighs) love me by not sharing with them because I don't want to burden them. That's not fair. I'm not allowing them to love me the way they want to love me. I never thought about that. that. (laughs) How savage is that? That's so beautiful. Isn't it? And also like so heartbreaking. Like, oh my God, this whole time. It's heartbreaking because a long time ago, I told people to write themselves a love letter on my podcast. And and in my love letter, when I wrote to myself, I talk about it's not fair that you only share the happy moments and not when your heart's breaking with myself. I told uh-huh. myself. So that's why hearing out loud your friend saying it to you, I was just like, how beautiful is that that someone actually said out loud to someone else? Like, yeah, because that's what I would love to hear. So that I never I never thought about in that perspective how we don't allow other people to love us when we hold back our pain. I think some of the best lessons I've learned about like being a woman and relationships and like loving other people and myself, I've learned from my friends because that same friends year, friend years ago, like called me on some stuff was like, sometimes I'm telling you something and you will talk about something similar that happened in your life. And it feels like you're, you're taking away, like I'm trying to share with you and it feels like you're making it about you. And I was like, oh my God, that's not my intention. That's just how you communicate. My intention is like, oh, I relate. I understand what you're hearing, like what you're feeling. And I was like, okay, that's not how that feels to you. That's not how that reads to you, even though that's my intention. So I'm going to stop doing that because it doesn't matter that I'm like, oh, I understand. I relate. That's not how you're interpreting it. That's not how it feels to you. And I want you to feel like you're being heard and acknowledged. And I... I check in now. I'm like, do you want to share? Do you want solutions? Like, do you I just want to bend? Do you want me to bitch with you? Do you just want to like fucking talk and for me to not like I check in? But that's I don't so do that shit good. anymore. And I, I'm so grateful that she was like, hey, this upsets me. But that's so good that you're able to take it. I actually had that issue with one of my friends where she would share back her information. I said, okay, I feel like does it even matter for me to share my issue if you're making it about yourself? And she got defensive. So the fact that you're able to be so self-aware and be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't love you the way you need to be loved. Exactly. With with Because for example, with my sister, I'm when people vent to me, I want to fix it. Like I kind of am like my father. So right away, I'm me like- too. My sister was complaining about some girl that was bullying her. And as she's talking, I go, Karen, don't worry. I messaged her and I said, don't talk to my sister like that. My sister was like, what? Are you joking? Mm-hmm. I was, and I go, wait, then why did you call me about this? 
I thought you want me to fix it. And she goes, no, I needed to, to talk about it. Yeah. So now when people come to I'm me. Because I'm a fixer too. Now when people come to me to vent, I say, wait, are you venting? Do you need advice or do you need me to fix it? What do you need from me? I ask now. Yeah, like what, would, they what, tell would, what would be helpful? Because sometimes you just don't know what someone wants from you. Sometimes they just need you to listen or now and there's they want nothing worse if There's nothing worse than like bitching about something. And someone being like, well, why don't you just do this? And it's like, that's I not. I didn't ask you. <laughs> I've thought about that. That's right. not where I'm at right now. I just want to be a bitch about the situation. Yeah. I just want to complain. That's my friend and her boyfriend. And for you to be like, yeah, that fucking sucks, bro. And then I'm over it. And then yeah. it's good. Like, it's not actually that big a deal. I'm just having a moment right now. That's probably what was me earlier. Because you gave me advice. And then I was just like, okay, but I just don't like love the advice you, you're giving you me. You just wanted to complain. Yeah. I think and so I was, too. And I was trying to be like, girl. And you were like, shut up. And I was like, okay. But I, like- that's an example of me not checking in with you. Do you just want to complain? That's so true. I don't think I even. Or realized. do you want advice? You didn't fucking want advice. You just wanted to complain. I, and I wanted didn't you check just it. to say the opposite. So I think it was me asking you for advice without actually wanting to hear advice. I was like, I want you to say that it's going to be okay. I'm not that girl. And you're like, you guys should break up. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not that girl at all. Hundred percent. I'm not the one who's going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm not that girl at all. <laughs> I love about that. Okay, so. Going into connections, so I'm just going to skip a lot of these questions. Would you say over your lifetime, has your definition of love changed? Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a different definition for platonic love versus romantic love? I don't know. Like, I'm I'm not married with children. I don't know if I've met the love of my life yet. I don't know if I'm, like, the authority on romantic love. What's how um, you feel? Love, I think when I was younger, I used to think far more, like, my predominant idea of love was romantic love. Like when someone said love, like that's what I thought of. I thought of like, like passion and intensity and like obsession and whatever. And I think that's what love means when you're younger. And then as you get older, your definition of love changes because the love I have for my friends is the love that I would say for me so far in my life has run the deepest and has lasted the longest. Like the love I feel for my friends you know, it's like an immovable rock at the bottom of the ocean. It's not going anywhere. Like Beautiful. it takes, it takes a lot for that love to be even remotely dented or scratched. And like my friends and I, we've hurt each other's feelings and like, you know, we've had rough patches or whatever. I am far less defensive in correcting my behavior with my friends than I am in relationships. And I feel like maybe that's like a toxic thing that I need to work on. But I see my friendships as like a lifetime investment. Wow. Like I want my close friends to be in my life forever. That's what I'm building towards. I'm building towards like a lifetime with these people, women in particular. Like that's what I want. That's what I look for. The friends that have stayed in my life are the ones that love me unconditionally, even when I'm a dickhead. And will tell me when I'm being a dickhead and like 100% believe that I am capable of being the best version of myself at all times. I don't know if I've really experienced that very often in romantic relationships Hmm. In romantic relationships. I feel like that kind of love, it's different. It feels that, that like that, that idea is really scary to me. Spending the rest of your life with someone. It's a really beautiful thought it is a really scary, it's a really scary thought. I remember reading like a text post about, you know, some philosophy 
professor or whatever talking to his class full of like young students and he was like do you think love is a is a feeling or a choice and all the young kids were like it's a feeling and he was like right 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 I want you to go and talk to a bunch of older people that have been married for a while that have never been married that have been divorced that are you know they've had children whatever remarried and ask them if they think love is a feeling or a choice and then when they came back he like brought in a bunch of older people and what it boiled down to was as you get older love is love is a choice like you choose and when you think about it it's true like you choose to continue maintaining your friendships despite like distance and life changing you choose to keep calling them and reaching out and remember their birthday and you know remember what food they're allergic to it's the same in romantic love because if love is a feeling you can't rely on a feeling Think about the last time you were sad. That didn't last forever. I think I'm so tired of everything you're saying. I swear. I'm so <laughs> hormonal with my period. I don't know what's going on. But like, think about the last time you were angry. That didn't last forever. The last time you were happy. That didn't last forever. Feelings don't last forever. You cannot rely on a feeling forever. What you can rely upon. And this was a huge relief for me because I couldn't imagine feeling mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm I'm so touched it's by okay. how you feel about friends. Like I, because I'm trying to process everything you're saying, and I'm so touched by it because I'm like, wow, I put so much focus on romantic relationship, but you're so right. Your friends are just there for you so much, and then I'm like, wow, I don't think I even valued sometimes all these moments of how much my friends are there for me because I'm so focused on a person that I'm dating to love me. When it, a lot of times it comes with condition and terms, and your friends, a lot of them are unconditional. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. It does. It's and so it's, sweet. It's crazy. And like, it can be lonely as your friends like get married and have children yeah. and, you know, they maybe have less time for you, but that doesn't mean that the love isn't there. And then it does open up the opportunity to like make new friends yeah. who are in a similar phase of life. And then when you enter those phases of life, when you get married or you have children, you get to rejoin your friends in that stage, like friendships and any relationship, even relationships of love, like there are ebbs and flows and there are periods of time where maybe you're not on the same page and you're kind of doing your own thing and then you come back together again. And that's how you see yourself through a lifetime in friendships and I guess in romantic relationships as well. But yeah. hearing that love is a choice yeah. and not just a feeling was such a huge relief for me because if all I have to do is keep choosing the same person every day I can do that I can do that if if I have to trust myself to feel that same feeling until I die for a person terrifying I can't I can't promise that I can't promise that I'll be happy forever you know I can't promise that my feelings will remain my feelings through a lifetime 
but I can promise to choose someone every day for the rest of my life. The way I, like I choose that. my friends. That does make me feel a big relief because I am so scared of being with someone for the rest of my life. But yeah, to choose them yeah. is so beautiful. And it's, how beautiful is that someone gets to choose you every single day? And I think I honestly, like at the root of it, I think that's, I think that that's what love is. I think that that's what love is, is choosing to care and choosing to show up and choosing to share with the people in your life over and over and over again. Even when it's hard, even when it's easy, even when you're distracted, even when there's a lot of things going on, choosing the people you love and choosing to show up for them and choosing to let them show up for you is love. Yeah. What's your love language? One of my love languages is definitely gifts. Mm -hmm. I love giving gifts. It's what? really hard for me. Oh, where are they? <laughs> no. okay. Like I've had to chill with that because I... I do too much. Wait, is it just gifts? What are, what are the There's ones? gifts. Words of affirmation is really important to me. Like not too much, but like words of affirmation, I feel like is a, is a, is an interesting one because it just, I just got to talk to people. They don't have to be like, I love you so much, but being able to have conversations with my friends, like them calling me to have a chat, spending time and talking, not necessarily doing things together, but sitting and talking like this. Mm -hmm. Words of affirmation. I guess that would also be quality time. But like talking with my people is really important to me. Like hearing about even the mundane boring stuff is really important. Because like gifts, gifts are neither, are neither here nor there. That doesn't really matter. Like acts of service as well, I would say. So all of them at this point? All of them. <laughs> I mean, I think everybody has all of them. I've noticed that gifts was a really big one for me. And that I've eased up on because I think I can be misunderstood. Same. Sometimes. And I'm also, it's not fair for me to like give gifts to others when I'm not comfortable receiving gifts in return. Same. And if I give gifts because it was easier for me than to say, I love you. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I've been really working on my communication as well. So like words of affirmation, I feel like has been really important for a lot of the people in my life. So I've been actively working on that so I can like love my friends the way they understand love. Yeah. I don't think I realized until doing this interview right now as we're talking and I'm thinking about that, that I never thought acts of service were my love language, not on my end, but how I want people to show up for me. That's how I can tell if someone loves me, if acts of service, they do something for me. And I didn't realize until right now, as we're talking, I'm thinking about these things. And that connects to growing up because I didn't have touch or words of affirmation with my father. He only showed love by acts of service. I didn't connect that I still subconsciously see that as love because when we're talking, whenever I've asked you to do something for me and you've done it, I'm not joking. It's so, I, it catches me off guard. Like one time when I was in the hospital recovering and you came to visit me, it like threw me off. And the same thing when I asked you to pick me up when I did my veneers because uh, mm -hmm. I was sedated. And you, I was like, I said, you came and picked you up high as a kite, swallowing the blankets. And I said, you're my last, don't worry, you're going to be my last resort. I'm going to ask other people. But you stepped up right away and you said, no, okay, let me figure out my schedule. And you made it happen. Happen. And hmm. I'm not kidding. I, I probably should have, it really threw me off. I was like, whoa. And I didn't even realize until right now that that's why I was also upset at the, the guy that I'm seeing, because that is the only way I can tell if someone has love for me. I didn't even I know that that was one, my love language to receive. That's yeah. so crazy. I mean, gifts is definitely one of my love languages because of what like my childhood as well. Receiving is is difficult for me because in my childhood receiving gifts 
or money always came with strings attached. It always came with strings attached. It was if you use it for this, if you show up for these things, if you do this, if you do well at school, if you, whatever, there were always strings attached. And Which I is think, why you don't like to receive gifts back. But at the same time, I would never give a gift and then expect something in right. return. So it's almost like a very anti, what I grew up with is, you know, I give you this purely for the joy it gives you with no expectation of any reciprocity beyond your joy, beyond your mm -hmm. happiness at receiving whatever gift it is. But I do tend to go overboard. So I've been scaling that back quite a lot because I noticed at some point that I was getting to a place where I was like, nobody really does that for me. And I started getting upset about it. And I was like, then this is gone. Then this isn't about the other person's joy anymore. Yeah. So stop. That's good. So stop. Take them flowers, give them a candle, whatever. You don't have to be dramatic. And then I started leaning more into acts of service as like a way of showing up for people that didn't, you know, sort of like strike a nerve with my like childhood trauma. And it's been a lot more helpful, like just adjusting the way I behave. Like one of my friends is really, really bad at making plans. She has to like feel how she's feeling in the day. And I respect that because yeah. I get it. I need hard plans Me and too. I've communicated to her. I don't need you to do this all the time, but once in a while, I'm going to need to make plans with you and for you to stick to them, even if you're not feeling the vibe. Yeah. And in exchange, I'm going to start messaging you out of the blue to like go for a walk or grab coffee or go to yoga or whatever last minute on the day, which is so uncomfortable for me. me it's so uncomfortable for me to just like when the schedule changes at work, I have like a little panic attack every time because I've made plans. It's so difficult for me to like call to make doctor's appointments or like, you know, email to make set my things that once they're set, they're set in stone. And maybe that's the ADHD neurodivergence. But when things change last minute, it can really throw me. Me too. So, you know, we're not very, we don't gel very well in that way, but I've made that effort and she's made that effort and, you know, coming to pick you up. It's like, it wasn't like I had anything scheduled that day. You had, you had a lunch. I did. I had a, I had a doctor's appointment in the morning and then I had like a, a lunch thing as well. And I was like, okay, how can I make this work? Like both of those things. Fortunately, I was able to move. Yeah. So I moved both of those things forward by like an hour and a half so that I could be available to come and pick you up. That was really nice. Thank you. You're very did welcome. I did I tell you how much I appreciate it? Or did I you miss did. It? I did. You okay, did. Thank you. You were very high, but you did tell me. Oh, I did. Okay. And you know, that's, that's not a huge effort on my part to move those things. If I couldn't have moved those things, I would have let you know. But I could and I did and I was able to show up for you. And that makes me feel better than if I just like sent you some flowers after you were home sick. Like that yeah. means it's more meaningful. That means more to me than I didn't realize until now. I But then words of affirmation because I thought words because I got mixed up between how we show love for other people and versus how we receive. Because did you know how you show love to other people are based on love languages you didn't get growing up? So for me, it's touch and words of affirmation. That's how I make people feel loved. So I just assumed that was my love language to receive back. And that's why I've been struggling to understand why I'm not feeling loved, even with the person that I'm seeing. But now I, it just, it literally, it was, I just put the puzzle pieces together. Yeah. And I was thinking about us and you're talking about what you like with your friends. And I'm like, when did I feel the most loved by Adelaide? And I'm thinking when you show up in the hospital and then when you picked me up from uh, my veneer thing. So that's you, the acts of service for me. Yeah. It's like everybody is different. And I know that the love languages is like a whole like, eh, whatever. Yeah. But I think that there is some value to be taken from it and that it just makes you think. It makes you think like how like my partner, physical touch is very grounding for them. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm not the kind of person that like that is very like huggy touchy feely all the time. Yeah. But if we're sitting on the couch together, I'll make sure that like you are, my feet you can are under be their huggy. butt. I can be huggy, but not not as much as my partner oh. is. My partner is very physically affectionate, and I know that they need physical touch like a lot of the time. Oh, I'm very physical touchy with my partner. I swing, but I make sure that I'm when we're together, I'm in physical contact with them all the time. Oh, like every second. Yeah. So like holding hands or I put my feet underneath them if we're on the couch. I try to make sure that there's some point of contact because that's what they need. Now, I couldn't handle being like snug up against each other all the time, but I can handle holding hands or having my feet underneath them. I can handle physical contact all the time within certain. So it's like a meet in the middle. So they get physical touch from me as much as they need. And I don't feel overwhelmed. But it's so amazing how you're constantly thinking about everyone else's needs and or how to make the other people happy. I mean, that's a really good trait characteristic that you have. Not a lot of people are like that. A lot of people would just shut down and be like, well, I don't like this. I try, but by the same token, like I can be very guilty of not doing that for myself. That is true. And then getting to a point where I'm like, well, well, what do I need? And feeling like really unfulfilled or really unsatisfied in myself because I'm not attending to my own needs or I'm not asking the people in my life to show up for my needs. I can I can be very much like I give and give and give and give and then I don't ask for anything in return. I think because a part of me worries that if I ask for too much or something the people I love aren't willing to give, that I'll lose them. So I'm very hesitant. I can be, I'm much better now, but I used to be very hesitant to ask anything of the people oh, I yeah. loved in case they didn't want to give it and my only value to them lay in what I gave them, which is intense. It's, it's something intense, I've worked but I, I, I get what you're saying. I get uncomfortable with that. But I guess you won't really know if people can love you the way you want them to love you unless you ask. You got to ask. Exactly. And sometimes you might ask a friend or a partner for something that you need. And in that moment or at that time, they can't give it to you for whatever reason. And that's okay you can go and find whatever reassurance or conversation that you need from like family or your friends. It's when that's a regular occurrence that it's a problem. Like you might have a lot going on in your life and then your partner might have a lot going on in their life. And it might be overwhelming for you both to continue showing up for not only yourselves, but each other, which is a good time to get a therapist. Yeah. Which is a good time to like Call your friends more often so that you can show up for yourself and for your partner and so you don't burn out. And I'm guilty of burning out. Yes, you are guilty of burning out. But we do have to remember is that one person can be everything for you. And a lot of times, especially romantic Mm -hmm. relationships, we make the mistake thinking that they can. Or that they should and it's not fair. It's not fair. No, like I have a therapist and I, I share with my friends. Like I share with you, I share with my girlfriends and I share with my partner. But I don't just share with my partner because that wouldn't be fair. It wouldn't be fair to just be like, here's all my stuff and you're the sole, it's your responsibility and your responsibility only to help me manage myself emotionally when things are difficult. That's unreasonable. That's unreasonable. Instead, I'm like, yeah, I'm having a rough week. I would love to have like a romantic dinner with you and watch a movie that would help me. And then the rest of the week, I don't need to be like, I need to call them every day or text them every day and be like, I'm so sad because Mm. I know that I'm seeing my therapist and I can cry on my therapist's couch about all of my big feelings and I can go for a walk and have coffee with a friend and like complain a little to them. And like every little bit of sharing takes a little bit of the stress away. 
I like that. That's a. It releases the pressure. Releases the pressure just a little bit, and that all adds up. Whereas if I tried to release all that pressure just with one person, be it a friend or be it with my therapist or be it with my partner, it wouldn't be enough. No, I wouldn't be wouldn't. able to get rid of all of it. And then you would feel disappointed if they couldn't give you that fulfillment that you needed after you, let's say you went to the five different people. they give you relief. Like, relief. Instead mm-hmm. of that one person, they give you the full relief. Which is like, unreasonable. No one person can do that for anyone. Yeah. It's important to have like friends, whether it's in person or on the phone or like online. If you have a community online or, or therapist or your family, it's important to have a community of people so you can spread it around. It's much easier. Yeah. It's much easier on everyone. You know, it dilutes it. It dilutes it in the water. That's that. You're saying a lot of really, a lot of really trying. I hope I'm making sense. Are you joking? I when I get quiet, today. I'm just sitting, processing everything that you're saying. I feel like uh, these I'm are just a lot of things. Talking my ass off. Just like no, it's so. Are you joking? I'm. If I'm quiet, that means I'm sitting and I'm thinking and processing everything you're saying because it's really good stuff. Okay, good. As long as you're processing and you're not secretly wanting to. Like, no, I'm like, oh my God, would you just shut up? Or, okay. Could you imagine? No, yeah, that would be make me bad at my job. No, I like everything <laughs> you're saying. So you currently are dating someone? I am, yes. Right. And you kind of, in a way, was your first public time together, I would say, this year during the Oscars? Yes. I, I posted my partner for like the first time. I don't want to talk about them too much. I prefer to keep that relationship mostly private than not in the industry the way I am. But we had been seeing each other for a while and it felt weird not having them have a presence on my social media. And I have really mixed feelings about that. Like I've posted partners in the past and I feel like it's just an open invitation for people to have an opinion and be shitty. And like I said, this partner isn't really in the public eye the way I am. And I didn't want to expose them to that. Mm. And I don't know if I'm going to be really public with my partnerships from here on out. Like I've been burned really badly and it sucks. And like it ain't none of your business, honestly. Like y'all ruined it for yourselves. (laughs) You were rude about it. And now I don't want to, and now I don't want to share. Now I don't want to share. And it's hard on my partners. And it has been historically hard on my partners to date me because of who I am and fans being shitty to them or having like really mean opinions like it's been difficult and it makes it hard for me to date like there's a you gotta be you gotta have like a really thick skin to date me and I'm not even like a really polarizing personality either it makes me very hesitant to like share my relationship so that's one of the reasons you keep it private because you're thinking of your partner and their privacy yeah and like also I just don't want to deal with it I don't want to hear it I don't want to see it out of my business like it it stresses me out now and like I don't need that I really don't need that in my life life is hard enough as it is and I it is upsetting though because I want to like share moments of joy that I'm sharing with my partner and I feel like I can't do that so I'm like maybe I should make a finsta maybe I should make like a little personal Instagram that's like private and then I, I can one. like I can share when we go on holiday and I can share when we have a nice dinner and then I don't have to be so oh, the photos have to be perfect and like what are people going to comment and are my filters on like for poor language strict enough? Like it's, it's it would be nice to just have a social media that I can just share on as I like, like everybody else would be really nice. I have a Finsta where I share. I should do that. 
Yeah, I have my mom on it and a few of my close friends, and that's where I'm thinking, thinking of doing about it on moving my family, looks. like moving my family and my high school friends onto that because a few yeah. of them are still on my main account, and I don't want them there because like being strangers try to like talk to them, and I'm like, don't do that. Leave my family alone. Stop. Don't. It's weird. It's fucking weird. Yeah. People have tried to like DM my brother and like be friends with my brother, and it's disgusting. Honestly. It makes me so angry because that's like my little brother. Like, leave my little brother alone. How old is your brother? 28 now. But still, he's <laughs> my little brother. Yeah, yeah, I get that. He'll always be my little brother. Like, that happened years ago, and I was furious. Yeah, that. Fur- it's disgusting. Don't do that. No, I agree. That's why don't I. Don't do that. It's gross. I don't even follow my parents back on social media because I get, I don't want anyone to find them, and I don't want them to be harassed or anything like that. Oh, it's also like my family has had to adjust to that, and right. that must be so weird for them. Like, my brother has adjusted to that. Like, he's a little defensive whenever he comes into contact with anyone new, especially online, because he doesn't know if they're reaching out because they think he's a cool person wow. or if they're, like, low-key a fan of mine. My Isn't sister gets upset if I tag her. I don't tag any of my One family. time I tagged my sister. I don't tag my, tag my partner. Mm-mm. One time I tagged my sister in a story. My sister is a, an attorney, a full-time mom. She has three children right now. Oh my God, and she has so on kids. the side a little swimsuit line for kids, Cute. for children. And when I tagged her, there was these three women and then went on their work page and they started bullying her in it. And she was crying the whole day because of me and I felt so guilty because I tagged her and That's they found disgusting. her because of me and it was That's so also like cruel. you want to support your siblings like my brother was streaming yes. for a while and I wanted to support him you was- want to support like your family but sometimes just like the repercussions exactly I was trying I tagged because I tagged her brand to support because she was having a sale and I just wanted to bring her visibility and yeah. instead these three women went and I think they tried to put on and they like full-on bullying her on every post, I knew it was my fault and I felt so terrible because I was trying to be nice and my sister couldn't handle the what it was like and it's she just, was crying it's so, from it. It's so intense because like we chose to do this with our lives and, and be in the public eye and like we have learned to handle it because right. I don't think anyone can handle it right out the gate. You do learn to, yeah. to handle I, it. I, w- I wish I could but have our taken families, it. Our families didn't sign up for that. I know. I felt bad. I was like, I wish they, they were bullying They didn't sign me. up to, to, you know, to deal with this bullshit by association. And our friends as well who like aren't in the industry, they didn't sign up to deal with this bullshit. Even like friends from like high school and primary school have had people like reach out because I've posted in my stories when I'm back home that I'm like with these people and people go and find them. Damn. Like my partner has a private Instagram and people have gone to find them and like add them. And I'm like, don't do that. Stop. Leave them up. Right. Because you can't have it. Like if you behave like that, you don't get anything. I will not feed you. Right. And it's only because in the past when you've done that, people were very cruel sometimes to things that you posted or to your partners. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't get to have opinions on shit that you're not paying for. Like. No, I like I like how passionate you are. And I to quote Megan the Stallion. You don't get to have opinions on shit you ain't paying for. What would you say your sexuality is? Mm, I'd say that the most comfortable term would be bisexual, a sexual romantic attraction to two or more genders. I would say that I've experienced sexual or romantic attraction to cis men, cis women, non-binary people, trans mask people, trans femme people. I've experienced pen sexual. I'd say pen is pen is pen is pen is sexual or romantic attraction. To two or more genders without a preference. Oh, I didn't realize. So, like indiscriminately, like anyone can get it at any time. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that's true for me. Got it. And not because I don't think that it's possible, 
but because historically that hasn't been the case. Understood. If I think about my history of dating and attraction, I don't think it would be, it would feel inauthentic and inaccurate for me to say I'm pansexual. I'd yeah. say I'm probably closer. Now, like as I've gotten older, I would say my sexuality has changed quite a bit. I'd say when I was younger, I was predominantly heterosexual and I experienced desire for uh, women or femme presenting people and like, you know, mask presenting women and femme presenting men. But I was also on birth control at the time, which can affect who you are attracted to. Yes. I just read the research on that. Mm-hmm. And since being off birth control, it I would changes say who you like. I'm definitely more gay than I used to be. That's I'm still sexually attracted to men, but I, I've definitely experienced far more sexual and romantic attraction to women and non-binary people. And wow. while I had seen trans masculine, trans femme or transsexual people in the past and been like, I find that person attractive, it, it went from being, oh, like an aesthetic attraction to definitely more of a romantic or sexual interest later on in my life mm-hmm. where I've been like, oh, they're not just attractive. I'm a little attracted to them which is different. Yeah. So as I get older, it's definitely changed. And my ability or preference has changed as I've gotten older and also without the influence of birth control. But I feel most comfortable identifying as bi, bisexual, two or more genders, heterosexual expressions, yeah. romantic expressions, um, gender expressions. And you're currently dating a woman. They go by they, she, she, they pronouns. I'm so sorry. That's You're, okay. Okay, I did not know, I swear. Oh, that's all right. That's okay. like neither here nor there. That makes sense. She like or they are comfortable with okay. either. Okay, got it. And how long have you two been dating for? A little over a year. Right. Mm-hmm. And we've known each other for a very, very long time. Um, right. We've known each other for a long time. We met at a Comic-Con like almost a decade ago and went on like one date but then we kept in touch, but it just, it didn't work out. I wasn't out of the closet. They were, we lived in different cities, but we, we, we stayed friends, not like close friends, but like we'd message to check in, like, how are you doing? How's life? Like once or twice a year, nothing dramatic, nothing flirty. And then they were married for a while. Right. And I was like, congratulations. I remember at the time being like really happy for them. And then they moved to Los Angeles a few years ago. And I had reached out being like, oh, I'd love to have dinner and, and meet your wife and like whatever. Because we were just, we'd been strictly friends for a really, really long time. We'd been on that one date like almost a decade ago. Yeah. And that never ended up happening. And then at the end of the pandemic, really I had written a list it. of people that I wanted to spend more time with, that I'd regretted not spending more time with oh. pre-pandemic. And she was on the list. And so I was like, let's, if you're, if you're game, if you're still in town, let's grab breakfast and we went out to or they reached out to me I can't remember she says she reached out to me I say I reached out to her but whatever and we had breakfast and uh, discovered that we were both single oh Mm -hmm. she had separated from her ex-wife like sort of eight nine months prior and I had no idea and we were like let's just be friends we're just gonna be friends which is like gayest shit ever (laughs) and then cut to four months later we were like all right yeah that initial spark that existed 10 years ago is still so here. So let's let's try it on for size. And now we've been together for a year. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when we guys first started talking. Mm-hmm. What has your experience been in a se- being in the public eye and in a sense somewhat? I mean, it's not like you sat down and you created a YouTube video where you quote unquote came out, but in a way where you started dating the same gender or whatever, when you start to date uh, other than cis men, has that been, would you say, liberating or? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What was the reaction from other people? 
but it was pretty positive. Like I, I did sit down and decided to like come out on TikTok. I'm so stupid. Um, and I was planning I to, well, it wasn't, I didn't want it to be a huge deal. So I didn't really make it a, a massive meal out of it. But I had decided during the pandemic that it was a part of myself that I really wanted to explore. I wanted to have a girlfriend. And I was like, I cannot live the rest of my life not honoring this part of myself. Because I'll always wonder. I'll, I'll always be like, well, what if I had, like, what if, what if, what if, what if? And I didn't want to put myself through that or a future partner either. I didn't want to, like, make a life with someone with a part of me always questioning, always wondering yeah. what life could have been if I had just... And the world has changed a lot since I moved to Los Angeles. So I, I came out and at that time I was talking to who would become my first girlfriend. And that was like a really wonderful relationship. But the the response was very positive and very supportive. And like a lot of my fans were really unsurprised. And my my close friends already knew, I'm pretty sure you already knew. And my family was unsurprised. Really? Yeah. That's so like sweet. my brother like knew. He was like, and obviously. And my mother was like, well, I was wondering if you were ever going to come out or not. And I was like, what? Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yeah, I guess now that I think about it, I thought the same thing. I guess yeah. I, I wasn't really surprised either. It's never been like that big a deal. Yeah. So it's just it been kind sense. of, I think like I've never, like it's not a big deal if you don't make it a big deal. But my mother was like, yeah, of course you are. I just figured you're, it's mostly Ben and when you, if and when you got a girlfriend, like it would happen then. Sweet. So she was like, eh, because my mom's pretty chill. So yeah, I, I was really lucky in that I got a, a very, very positive reaction. But I also, ahead of time, went into all of the filters on my social media and made sure people couldn't call me slurs and be homophobic on my social media platforms. Right. I have very strict filters in place because I don't play with that shit. I don't want to know. I don't want to see it. Off. I have really strict filters on my page too. I don't care. Like on my channels and on my socials, those are mine. They're mine. I am God. I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want the negativity. I don't want slurs. I don't want people being homophobic or misogynistic or ableist or sexist or any of that. I don't want any of that. Period. I agree. People go on the internet and they think, okay, this is my therapy session. Let's tell everyone. Look, just how because I, feel. I can handle being called a stupid bitch doesn't mean I want to be called a stupid bitch. Yeah. I don't want someone on my Instagram being able to like spew venom on me just because I can tolerate it and I can be like, oh, okay, whatever. I still don't want to see it. 
I'm with you. I removed any things where people can come to me and call me um, a kike. So oh, I, I removed that because they used to do that all the time. So then I was like, okay, I'm done. That's so re- unbelievable. Like, first of all, do you have nothing better to do? Literally, no, they don't. Second of all, like, I don't owe anyone the opportunity to shit on me. I don't owe I anyone respect anything. That. I like all your boundaries. You've, you're sending so many boundaries. I'm very impressed and I like all like, of them. I don't owe anybody the opportunity to like tell me their opinion like you're entitled to your opinion right and i'm entitled to not fucking hear it and vice versa like you don't like my opinions you don't you don't have to listen to me you don't have to be around you don't have to do shit like none of us have to do anything except leave each other the fuck alone and stay in our own lanes that's yeah. it yeah like 2023 like mind your business <laughs> i love that because if you're minding your business you don't have any time to mind anybody else's and if you are working on your happiness you don't have any time to steal anybody else's like a hundred percent of people people don't even understand the negative effects there are research shows that if you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is you start spewing hate or even reading hate comments or reading people fighting it kind of dictates the rest of your day because then you start going you end up you internalize anger and you're actually angrier throughout the day I used to have a really big problem with like negativity and pessimism. I used to be really negative, like really, really, really negative. And there's a weird sort of like, you feel like you're smarter than everybody else. Cause you're like, I feel like I see the reality of the world and how difficult it is and how shitty everything is and how like lazy I am and how people are are inherently terrible and like whatever. And I firmly believe that people are not inherently terrible. If everyone was inherently a terrible person, we'd all just be punching each other on the street. We'd just be murdering each other on the street. I have to believe in the innate goodness of humanity as a whole, because if we weren't all innately good, as bad as the world is, how much worse would it be? I agree. You know what I mean? I used to be very, very negative and I used to have very negative self-talk and very negative talk about other people, mostly in my own head because I didn't have a lot of friends in high school, but I was like a really gloomy, negative person, very pessimistic. I can't imagine you being that way. Well, at some point I was like, I'm fucking miserable. I am so miserable. And I always felt like such disdain for like people who are really positive. And I think toxic positivity is absolutely a problem. Yeah. But- I used to be like, ugh, and they were so happy all the time. And they like have to force being happy. And they're like, always have to force themselves to look on the bright side of things. And I was like, yeah, but they ain't miserable all the time. So maybe I'm gonna try that. And it took a lot of work. It took a lot of work because the voice in my head was like, what are you doing? <laughs> being like, I know it's a hard day, but you know what? Tomorrow's gonna be a better day. You're gonna wake up tomorrow and this won't be as bad and you will feel better. And you can start fresh. You can start fresh. Like in the next hour, you can take, like I had to really rewire myself. Yeah. It took a lot of work. And it was constant as well, like constantly having to check myself. Like the first thought you have is what you've learned. And the second thought is who you are. So if your knee jerk thought to seeing someone in a weird outfit at the grocery store is, oh my God, what the fuck are they wearing? That's how you've been conditioned. Because the follow-up thought is, oh, those shoes are actually really cute. I love that someone can feel comfortable expressing themselves through fashion. Yeah. The second thought is who you really are. So that first thought that, what the fuck? That's not you. That's how you've been conditioned. And the second thought, once you've had a moment for like your true self to push through all of that exterior, like learned behavior, that's who you are. So when my first thought is like, I fucking sucked in that episode. I hate myself. I'm an imposter. How am I? Do I even have a career? The second thought is like, hey, I remember how I felt that day. That was a really rough day for me. 
And I'm maybe being a little hot on myself because today hasn't been a great day oh, either. That's who you are. That's, that's who sweet. I am. But that it took work. It took a lot of work to be positive and to be like, tomorrow's going to be a better day. I can choose to restart this day at any point. I can choose to be happy. It's hard. Some days I wake up. It's hard up, to choose. I, you know, happiness is like such a weird thing to chase. And I mean, it's, you'll never be able to catch up to it unless you define what happiness is. And happiness means so many different things. To I different mean. people. Goal-based happiness isn't a thing. I remember, and it's going to be really cringe to admit, but I remember like a Sex in the City, was it an episode or was it a movie? Cringe, I don't know. It's so cringe. I'm kidding. But they asked her, not Miranda, what's the, the really happy preppy one with the, the uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. I think Miranda asked Charlotte, like, are you happy? And Charlotte was like, well, not all the time, but every day. Like, I'm happy every day. Well, not all day, but I'm happy every day. And I was like, oh, shit. That's what I want. Because I don't expect to be happy all the time. But a moment, yeah. a moment of joy Every day, like just just a moment, a split second of happiness every day, that day is a success. And taking the pressure off, needing to feel happy or be happy or be excited all the time was a huge relief. Yeah. I mean, it's also unrealistic. It's unrealistic to think that you can be 100% happy every single day and you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah, it's like what we said about feelings. Like you can't trust feelings to last a lifetime because they don't they don't last at all. All I feelings I don't pass. trust my feelings ever. That's why they're valuable. That's why <laughs> feelings are meaningful is because th that's why they're so precious because they don't last. And you have big feelings at important times in your life, like whether you're going through a breakup or, you know, whether you're really angry about something, like that's a lesson. You've learned something about yourself when you get angry. You've I don't learned, like how I am when I get angry. Well, you've learned that a boundary has been crossed or that you still have some trauma that you need to work with, like work through, or that there's a cause that you feel really passionate about. You learn something about yourself when you have big feelings and they're precious. They're really, really mm. precious. Joy is really precious. But if I'm joyful for like a moment of every day, just a moment, whether it's because my cat did like something stupid. And I'm like, <laughs> that day is a success. Even if the rest of the day sucks. Oh, I like that. If I poach an egg perfectly and I'm like, oh yeah, I did it perfectly today. That's a joyful moment. And the rest of the day is a success, even if it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that guy told you about, he said that he likes when he has bad days because then it makes him appreciate the good ones. He's like, I don't really get sad, but when I do, I'm, I really like it. Cause can't I can't have joy without sorrow. Like you can't, like they don't, they don't exist in opposition. They exist in harmony and you can't have one without the other. I think I wish a lot of people would better understand that instead of focusing on the highlight reels that they see of other people on social media. And then they're like, well, why am I not a Mykonos on a boat being happy? That's not fair versus we all have different definitions of happiness. Yeah, but like go be on Mykonos on a boat and be happy on vacation in like two months then. Well, I don't because think nobody is, has opportunity to Well, go. you know, like nobody is happy all the time. Like if you want to yeah. go be like, nobody is happy all the time. It looks that way because everybody's social media is really curated. But the difference between my TikTok and my Instagram, those are very different places. Are you more honest on TikTok? Oh, absolutely. Because that's like a, that's like a trash account for me. <laughs> I don't make money. It's not a portfolio the way Instagram is. Instagram is a work tool for me. TikTok was something I just started because my brother told me to. And it's, it was like a trash account. It's like a shit posting account. It still kind of is. And I just like, I don't feel pressure to post regularly. And I don't have like contracts that I have to fulfill to pay my bills on TikTok. And I, I've had like one paid thing on TikTok. 
And then at the moment, I have a, a long running deal with a brand that requires me to post on TikTok. And I will never be doing that again because it it makes TikTok less fun for me. And TikTok is only fun for me because I, it's not really monetized and it's just a trash app. I might be like a celebrity or whatever, but you I want to do, do that. You are a celebrity. It doesn't feel like it. But I, I want to do like dumb TikTok trends. Like I look back on some of my TikToks and they're so cringy. They're so embarrassing. And to I who? I don't, I hate when people say that like, everything's mm, cool, cringe. Cool, cool. I'm like, what even is cringe as a person well, just enjoying like, themselves? I feel like as a celebrity, like you almost feel a responsibility to be like cool. All the time people expect you to be like cool and together all the time. And I'm like, so I'm cool. not like that. And some you're of cool my TikToks were yourself. really embarrassing. And I look back and I leave them up there on purpose because I think it's funny. Exactly. It's funny how cringe they are because at the time I thought I was really cool and I thought they were really cool and really fun and I was just having a good time. And looking back... It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing now because it isn't cool anymore. But I think it's funny. Unless you did something where you had a nervous breakdown, you start crying and then you stop crying so you can set up the camera, put it on your face correctly just so you can continue your breakdown. And then you went and you you did a few takes of it. And then you did you recorded audio over you having a little breakdown on the on the camera. And you were like, <clears throat> and you kept correcting your voice and you kept you kept like fixing your audio and be like this was the day that I was feeling down wait no <clears throat> when when you're going through emotion and then you did all that and it took you like seven hours to finally figure that out and then you posted that tiktok then i'll be like adelaide are you good like why well, did, I did you like do a that? crying acting challenge but it was only That's one different. take and i didn't edit it <laughs> i hear you look i think how it's so silly when people, people call things if cringe. people like video journaling their no, I was emotional a process. I respect that. No, I was making a joke because that's I the only thing you, I can I think you, of. I but you. I think it's so silly when we're like, that's cringe. Because you know what? But People are going like, to look at anything you do. Remember that some celebrities would really love to do those TikTok, those really embarrassing TikTok trends. And like I did a couple of acting challenges, which is like, embarrassing as a professional actor because I feel like most people on TikTok are like no it's so one thing if you're an aspiring silly. actor and you do that but you're already in a sub why are you doing acting challenges it's fun because it's stupid and fun exactly like I want to do the like what is your like least compatible zodiac or like what's your red flag like I want to do all those stupid trends even dance trends I can't dance but I would love to do like it's a dance fun. trend because it's fun and it's dumb. And I sometimes I get in my own head because I'm like, oh, yeah. is, am I supposed to be doing things? It's doing things badly. Am I supposed oh. to do things? Am I allowed to do things badly? No. I, sometimes I feel like I'm not allowed not. to like make a YouTube video or make a TikTok or post an Instagram picture if it isn't perfect. Because yeah. people expect perfection as part and parcel of celebrity. But do you think... Sometimes we think it's people we tell ourselves. People expect us to do it, but and versus realizing we're expecting ourselves to be perfect. We feel the need to be perfect. Yeah, I mean, I think we feel the need to be perfect. I think that it's it's a projection because I think even with this like you know Gen Z like undone like casual candid anti-establishment like anti-mainstream like return to the grunge era nineties early noughties whatever that whole aesthetic. Everyone is so much more perfectly imperfect than they used to be. I love it. Like everyone's hair and makeup is perfect and their outfits are perfect in how grungy, in like the looking like it's effortless has become so perfected that it almost feels more intensely tightly regulated yeah. than it used to be. Everything goes too much to the extreme. you have to be perfectly undone, yeah. perfectly messy. And yeah. I'm like, it's still 
Yeah, I'm I didn't not want posting to look pictures of myself women crying. on social media, and I know how long it takes to look that perfectly, effortlessly put together. Yeah. I know how long it takes. I know how long that, like, uh, the uh, be high maintenance to be low maintenance. I've done that. I've been that girl. I know how much time and energy and effort it takes. And to take that perfect Instagram picture of, like, the the messy coffee table with, like, the so tangled true. fucking AirPods. I can't do that. I don't know how. That I don't still takes try. five minutes of rearranging to make it exactly perfect. Some of it's my friends all curated. Do it so fast. Even the most uncurated stuff is curated because their entire life is curated so that they can take candid, uncurated people, pictures of their messy closet. That messy closet is curated to be messy. You think people don't realize that it's curated? I never realized yes, that. Because I get tricked and I know. I know. Oh, I always know. Because they're, they're my friends, all the bloggers, all my friends. Like, I know. You're even more deeply in that world than I yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right but even I I see like other actors in the way they live on social media and I'm like that's so like they're always beautifully dressed and groomed and like out in like the south the front and I'm like ah I wish I was that girl but even I know that they're not that girl all the time or maybe they are Some they are, are that girl all the time but it takes but it, it takes, takes so much work it's not just they're doing those things to be that way it's become so deeply integral to who they are as a person yeah like it's it's not just what they do; it's who they are. Well, fake it till you make it. You fake it enough times that you end up becoming. I don't have person. the attention span for that. I literally have okay. a bag of crochet you in are. my car. But this is exactly who you are. You don't need to be these other people. I've tried being that like super cool, effortless girl, and like honestly, a respect. It's so much time and energy, and I'm tired. As you should. I'm so tired. Life is exhausting. But I wish I had the energy to be like super cool all the time. But I you are cool. In a different way. You know what in I mean. In your own way. I don't know. I just never, For I don't even like, first of all, I don't even like pictures of myself and everything I post on social media and all my platforms is literally either memes or my advice, which is my podcast. Mm. I don't really focus on those other things. Like pictures are so hard for me to take and I'm just so, I'm aware enough to know that. And I'm just, I'm not like my friends, but I like that about myself. I don't, I don't really think about well, other people think actually my biggest pet peeve is actually any human being. And this happened to me one time. I interviewed someone that I thought was very cool. And then after we were done interviewing and I'm like, oh, me and this person are going to be good friends. And I watched her, uh, her stories on her Instagram and she posted passively aggressively making fun of some woman who was doesn't have a, a social media following but she was posting videos this woman was trying to give advice and I can see how she can come off quote-unquote cringe but she was just doing she was she was doing what a lot of other people yeah. do and the girl kept reposting her videos obviously making fun of her and I saw that and that pissed me off because my biggest pet peeve is I don't like that no, but my biggest pet peeve is people who get cringed or whatever and other people just living their life. If, if, if someone's not harming anyone and they're just enjoying your life, who the fuck are you Look, to tell them how they, like, what they should do? Cringy, whatever. Let them be cringy. That's if someone's shitting on other people, that's another thing. I know. Okay. She cringed by that and then she wanted to share. I don't like that because that woman wasn't harming anyone. What if, like, you know, I don't like, want to. Why are mean. you cyberbullying? Exactly. Why are you doing that? I never released the episode with her too, and I told her. That's so MSN Messenger 2014. Like, why are you cyberbullying people? That 2004. I, oh my God, 2004. That's when I was in high school. Oh my God, terrifying. That is terrifying. Me too. Oh my God, I hate that. Oh my God, yeah. MSN days. Yeah, but it's like, truly, if you have enough good stuff going on in your own life, you do not have time to shit on other people. 100%. And to be in other, like, if you're worrying about your own business, you don't have time to be in other people's business. 
The only people really that ever talk shit about you or cringe and all that are people behind you. No one that's in front of you that's doing a lot with their life and is super happy has time to look back and to be like, oh, are those Crocs? Let me tweet about that. Like, get out of here. That's my biggest pet peeve. My biggest pet peeve are bullies or people that can't allow other people to just be themselves or have fun. I don't get it. Yeah. If I don't like something, I just look away. I like, react Disney, really intensely to like people. bullying. Ugh. Disney adults, I a lot of people make fun of them. I don't really understand it. But, you know, that's what brings them joy. I love that. Look, I don't get it. And, like, sure, <laughs> maybe to some people Disney adults are embarrassing. I am an anime fan. I watch anime. For a Loser. lot of people, that's mad cringe. <laughs> I think That's cool. mad cringe. A lot of people are like, that's so embarrassing. When I was in high school, that was so embarrassing. Really? Oh, my God. Bullied relent. Like, you were a creep if you watched anime when but I was in high so school. But now it's so cool, I feel like. I know. And I'm like, what? <laughs> when did this happen? I've been out here in these streets fighting for my life with my anime <laughs> obsession and liking video games and comic books and being called either a loser or a pick me my entire fucking life and now it's cool because k-pop came in and k-beauty came in and then anime like rode the coattails of k-pop and k-beauty and i'm like how dare you also the all those words it's like you literally i me breathing i'm sure someone would be like oh what a pick me did you have to breathe like that like I just play video games because boys play video games actually I'll have you know that I play video games all by myself without anybody because I went into like a lobby online once in high school and got called every name under the sun within the first five minutes and dipped and didn't play games with other people other than my like little brother on Nintendo 64 until I was a grown woman so I play video games because of my dad that was the only way I had a relationship with him yeah, I see that. Like for me, it was always like escapism. Let me dissociate. Same with reading. Same yeah, with comics. I don't play video games anymore. But when I go to my parents' house, my dad will set me up a video game. And I never had the heart to tell him I don't play video games anymore. So then I'll sit for six hours and no, play. No, but parents do that. They're like, that's what you are and who, what you do forever for the rest of your life. But I think my dad thinks it makes me happy and I'm trying to make him happy. Well, he's trying to make me happy by setting up a video game. So excited <sighs> for me to play it. So we're both trying to make each other happy. I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> I, know. I don't know if we got time for all that. Um, okay, so before we exit, we'd love to close us off with what's the best advice you've ever gotten that you want to share with the world? I don't know, just that everything happens for a reason. And I know that that's very like woo-woo, existential, high power, whatever. That's not what I mean. Like if you are if you are rolling through life and you are constantly striving to like learn and be better and find a happier way of living everything truly does happen for a reason even the bad stuff you you either learn something new about yourself or other people and you are better able to function in the world yeah you just like everything happens for a reason and you might not understand why something's happening as it's happening but after the fact 2020 vision is like truly a thing you can look back and go ah i see why that wasn't meant to be or you can look back and go oh I see what led me to that point, and this is something I need to work on, either in how I understand other people or how I understand myself, so I don't end up in that place again. I like that. That's a good also survival mechanism because if you just keep telling yourself that, then you won't. Because if you were just like, what is the point of all this? Instead, you just like, well, everything happens for a reason. Okay, I can keep going then. I still have those moments where I'm like, what the fuck is the point? And why am I doing this? But going, all right, everything happens for a reason. This is hard right now, but I'm going to look back and I'm going to learn something from this that will help me avoid being in this place again in the future. It's cold comfort, but it is comfort nonetheless. 
And what, what are the other options? To stop? I'm not going to stop. There are too many moments of joy and too many people that I love to stop. Oh no, I'm going to get really emotional. Ah, stop, really? It's been a rough year. But like, there's so many wonderful things in the world. So sweet. And I love so many people. So even when shit's really hard. You think about everyone else that you love. And you're like, I'm not going to stop because of all these. Things. No, yeah. you just, you keep going. You keep rolling through it. And every day is a little, is a little easier or it's a little more difficult, but it, at some point it will be okay again. And just look for the little moments of joy in every day. Cause they're there. They're there if you look for them. Yeah. Even on the hottest days, they're there. That's really sweet that you always think of other people. Oh, fuck. I try. <laughs> Otherwise I have to think about myself and that's overwhelming. I feel the same way. Oh my god! So anyway, that was really beautiful. Happy, I would have, I would have, Tuesday. I would have cried more if I wasn't so dehydrated today. That's all right. You cried a bunch. I cried a bunch. I cried a bunch. <laughs> okay, well, um, we're oh, love you. I love you too. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thanks for having me too. Thanks for coming. You're the I. I feel like honestly, I learned, I learned so much today from this conversation and your insight and everything you were saying. I was, it made me. Thank you. It made me, me think a lot about how I've been going with my life or my thoughts and my defense mechanisms and all that. So yeah, thank you. I feel like it's been a really dark time for like a lot of people and like, you know, globally, a lot of people in LA, a lot of the people I know and love. And then it's been really difficult for like a while post pandemic, pandemic aside, post pandemic, it's been a real grind for kind of everybody. Yeah. Cause you have to go back into the real world. Emotionally. And the last couple of months, I feel like I've been particularly bleak for most people I know. And even people I don't know, like on social this media, year it feels like hard. it's on speed. It's been really heavy this year. Yeah, for everyone I, know how I know. We're ending June, and I've had wonderful things to celebrate, and I still feel like the heaviness. It's it's out there, and it's just important to. I'm fighting for my life out here. I'm like holding on to the people I love and the joy in my life with like both hands. I feel like we all got to do that when shit's dark like this. Like we all got to really hold on to the good things. Yeah, um, when stuff is hard, and I really feel that, and this June gloom has got me mad, depressed, bro. I'm really sorry that I have I, now. I feel I'm sorry I haven't checked in with. Uh, no, it's okay. So it's like it's like not that deep. It's just been you know trucking through it one day at a time. Okay, well, and I you know being be- able to show up and like pick you up from doing your veneers, it it makes me feel needed and wanted, and like I I'm contributing, and it makes me feel good that I can like be helpful. Yeah. Gives me self-worth to like show up for you and show up for my friends and show up for myself. I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking doing it. And it helps. But I think sometimes you forget that people are going through things. And if someone on the outside looks so happy all the time, you forget to even check in with them. You're right. Because yeah. the first question when I, we started, you said no one ever really asked me, are you happy? And you're right. I, 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 I guilty think a of lot that of, with A lot friends. of people assume that I'm happy all the time because for the most part, I, like, I am happy yeah. a lot of the time. It's just been like a difficult year, I think, for a lot of people. I'm also probably PMSing. I'm like very much in my feelings. Okay. We're such women for like, doing that. My boobs kind of hot. Like, am I PMSing? Okay. I well, um, <laughs> I'm going to release your hand. Where can people find you? <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Adelaide Kane, TikTok at real adelaide kane and like i don't really use twitter anymore because i don't have twitter talk twitter i've been thinking of deleting it i might i deleted it yeah what's the point 
So yeah, that's where you can find me. Okay, well, you guys, don't forget to follow Adelaide. Make sure to catch her. Watch the rerun of Grey's Anatomy of last season. Season this past season that She's been on and the next season when she comes back again when the strike is over. Mm-hmm. And check out all of her new projects. Obviously, I'll put everything in the description. Feel free to DM her, but not her family. And thank you so much <laughs> for enjoying this episode. I love you. Happy end of June. Bye. Bye.